Welcome to the Real Life English Podcast, where we help dedicated English learners just like you cultivate the courage, the confidence, and the skills that you need to understand real life native English, to communicate clearly with people from all around the world, and to make your life an epic global adventure. Now, are you ready to go beyond the classroom and start living your English? Can I get an aww, yeah? If you've been listening to our podcast for a while, you know that many words in American and British English can be different, and this includes words related to babies. So stick around to not only hear these vocabulary differences, but also a special announcement you won't want to miss. Ah, yeah, boys and girls, citizens of the world, this is Ethan from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts is a fun, natural, convenient, and epic way to learn English. So download this podcast and listen to it while you're stuck in traffic, riding the bus, going to a Lamaze class, or even cleaning up after your baby. <laughs> I'm joined here, as always, in the Barcelona virtual studio by the lovely Andrea. How's it going, Andrea? It's going well, thank you. How about you? I am also doing well. So what does it mean if you go to Lamaze class? What kind of class is that? Or what would you call that in the UK? Yeah, so I think in the UK, we would call this a prenatal class. I think you have prenatal and antenatal. I'm not sure which one is more common in the US or the UK, but we definitely wouldn't call it Lamaze. This is super <laughs> American. <laughs> yeah, Friends fans might remember I believe from the first season that like Ross has to go to a Lamaze class with Susan, who's uh, his ex-wife's new partner. So, uh, and doesn't have a great time, but I'm sure people, if you're fans of different TV shows, you might've heard that term before. And why are we on this topic, Andrea? Yeah, so we haven't actually revealed it yet, but the reason we're doing this topic today is because I'm actually having a baby. I'm pregnant. <laughs> this is something that is very exciting. But we wanted to make sure to announce it to the community because Andrea is going to, of course, be going on maternity leave. And so you won't hear from her for a while. We're going to miss Andrea a lot. But we thought that we'd also use it as an excuse to teach you some of the words that Andrea is being surrounded by these days, right? Yeah, definitely. And also when we're having conversations, like sometimes I tend to use the American word maybe with you <laughs> or, you know, things like that as well. So it's interesting to know the vocabulary differences. Totally. And you even have a baby shower coming up soon, right? So do you want to explain what that is in case people aren't familiar with that term? Yeah. So again, I think this is something that we've adopted more from the States and a baby shower is basically, it comes from, if you think of the term when you shower someone with gifts, obviously they're not taking a shower, there's no water involved, <laughs> but it's just like when the mum-to-be gets together with her friends or family and just spend some time together. Maybe you can play some fun games and things, have something to eat. And usually people will bring a gift as well for the baby or the mum-to-be. I remember when I was a kid, it was such a funny term for me when I'd hear baby shower. I imagine like the mom actually like in the shower and like people giving <laughs> her gifts and stuff. So it sounds like a shower party. But of course, yeah, it comes from that expression. Uh, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Today, we're going to be talking about a lot of baby related words, which is great for all your parents out there, especially because these are so different for some reason in American and British English. But before we do, we have a shout out to a very special listener and app user. 
So today's shout out comes from Naira Gamal and she says, this app is helping me to expand my English vocabulary, expressions and so on. I also tried to depend on the space repetition to not forget the words so fast. I was getting used to studying by using the traditional way and it was exhausting. You said just make learning English fun. So because of that, I realized that reviewing information by listening to it again and again is better than just trying to use the traditional way of learning languages to memorize them. Thank you a lot for this epic app. Oh, it's funny that they used Epic there because you just yeah. used that in the intro as well, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I wonder if I was like influenced in a weird way without realizing. <laughs> what a what a coincidence. So Naira, thanks so much for taking the time to leave us a five-star review. And it's great to hear that you are enjoying using the app and listening to the podcast and that it's giving you a more fun and effective way to learn. And if you want us to shout you out, then it's really simple. Go give the app a try if you haven't already. You'll get this podcast and most of our podcasts with a full transcript, vocabulary, and everything like that, which really is going to help you to deepen your learning with it a lot. And you can also speak anytime and anywhere. And if you enjoy it, leave us a five-star review, just like Nida did. And that way we can share your wise and uh, kind words with the audience. That said, before we get into today's main topic all about baby-related vocabulary and American and British English. We have a joke, hopefully, to get you guys laughing a little bit. Okay, so Ethan, today's joke of the day is, how warm is a baby at birth? Oh, I was loving these kind of jokes. We did a whole podcast on dad jokes, didn't we? So (laughs) I didn't know this one, though. So how warm is a baby at birth, Andrea? Womb temperature. (laughs) (laughs) it's very corny but if people like these kind of jokes then they should definitely go listen to that one which will be linked in the description but what's the joke there so why is womb temperature why is that funny (laughs) yeah so usually we refer to something as room temperature so maybe some people don't like their water to be cold from the fridge maybe they like to keep it at room temperature so that's just when you leave it out and it's at the temperature of the room Um, but here the play on words is with womb and room because they rhyme and the womb is basically the baby's home while it's growing and everything in the mother (laughs) So then when it's born, the baby is the womb temperature. (laughs) That's really great. So that's a great term to know as well, uh, because if you travel to an English speaking country and stuff, you might want to ask for your water at room temperature or even going to a restaurant. Sometimes if you ask for water, they might ask you, do you want that chilled or at room temperature? So you'll know what that means. That said, let's jump into today's main topic all about baby vocabulary. Hey there, real lifer. Have you downloaded the Real Life English app yet? On the app, Andrea and I will guide you beyond the classroom to live, learn, and even speak English in the real world. So how do we do this? To start with, you can listen to the Real Life English podcast and Beyond Borders talk show, even this very episode, with digital transcripts so that you can follow along and develop your listening fluency. Plus, check dozens of definitions of all the most difficult vocabulary, idioms, phrasal verbs, slang, and so much more that you won't find anywhere else or in any other podcast. 
And how would you like to develop real-life speaking confidence at the touch of a button by speaking with other learners while making friends across cultures? Sounds like a dream, right? Well, now with the Real Life app, it will be a dream come true. Download the app to listen to our podcast with transcripts and definitions whenever and wherever you want and speak with people from all around the world. What are you waiting for? Join our global community today by clicking the link in the description of this podcast or by going to www.reallifeglobal.com slash app, that's A-P-P, or simply search for the Real Life English app in the Google Play or Apple App Store today and let us guide you beyond the classroom to live and learn and speak English in the real world. Ah, yeah. All right, Andrea, I'll let you do the honors with the first one since you've got a little bundle of joy on the way. <laughs> okay, so the first one is quite an important investment you have to make, which is what I've discovered. It can be one of the most expensive things you have to buy when you have a baby. And it can be quite confusing because there are so many. It's like buying a car, to be honest yeah, with you. <laughs> I've heard that, yeah. So in the UK, we call this a pram Mm -hmm. In the U.S., I think the most common word nowadays would be a stroller, although you could also hear this called a baby carriage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I I think the difference is like the baby carriage is the one that's like the bassinet or something, right? When when it's, when it's the baby is like lying down rather than kind of being sitting in a chair. Is that right? That could be it. That could be it. I'm not uh, so informed on this topic because I haven't done yeah. <laughs> that kind of research like you have yet, but that would make sense that uh, they probably have different terms for the different stages. Yeah. So the one that you call a baby carriage is what we call a pram. And then the one that you call a stroller, I think is the one that we would call a push chair. So you can also hear, this is quite confusing because in the UK, people use different terms. I always say pram because I think it's short and quick and easy. Um, but some people say push chair and some people also say buggy. Oh, that's such a cute word. That's like, <laughs> I always, <laughs> that's like a little car or something, a buggy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, that I know what you're saying, that there's, there's so many different types. Like I think my brother and sister-in-law, they actually, when the kids were babies, they had multiple ones because they had one that had like bigger wheels for, you know, if you're going on like a trail or something that doesn't have a really even surface. You need something that's a little bit more durable, like a Jeep or something. And <laughs> you'd had like, um, I think they had like the first one they got that was just for, you know, if they're strolling around the neighborhood or something on, on cement and stuff that you, you don't really need, a such a, as tough of a stroller. Yeah, we really liked the ones with the bigger wheels and things like that as well. But living in the center of Barcelona, we had to think, you know, what's right for our lifestyle. And so, you know, we live in an apartment or a flat, as I would say, and it has to fit in the lift or as you would say, elevator, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, just getting around the city and, and things like that is, is important and for it not to be too big. But there's all sorts of things to consider. Like they even talk about the suspension of them and stuff like that. That's why I said it's like buying a car. Yeah. You have to think about like, does it have shocks for, you know, if you're on something bumpy and keep the baby still. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. And uh, yeah. And there's even ones for, for running and stuff like that for if you're wanting to jog with your baby. 
which can be great because a lot of times it's hard to to fit that in. I know for some parents that are trying to get an exercise and stuff. So I, I, I know a lot of parents will buy one of those that you can also jog with, right? So that you can you can stay in shape. Yeah, there's so many for all different lifestyles. It's really incredible. And yeah, like lots of them last for years and years and years as well. So we kind of went with something that we felt was going to last us. Um, it has the different attachments. So you can have it when the baby like up to six months and then it you put the chair version and you can have it facing you or facing outwards and all these things you have to consider. That's pretty crazy to think about. Uh, the next word on here maybe is a little bit more straightforward, although there's all sorts of different brands and different features nowadays. We would call this a diaper. So what do you call that in the UK? We call it a nappy. It's a very different word, isn't it? Yeah. And I think we've talked about this on some past podcasts, but I, the words, the British words tend to be a lot cuter, which <laughs> fits really well with babies. Like diaper, it sounds, I don't know, it sounds like something very technical, doesn't it? Yeah, it's true. It's true. Sometimes I find myself saying diaper, I think because when my sister had her baby, she was living in the <laughs> States and, and she uses it a lot. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I mean nappy. I'm like... <laughs> Yeah. For us, that almost sound like in the US, if you said nappy, if you went to the store and you asked for nappies, I don't know what they would think exactly. But for me, it almost sounds like if you're referring to a baby, like something for a nap. Oh, yeah, that's true. Whereas I guess because of like TV series and everything like that, if you asked for a diaper in the UK, people would probably understand you. Yeah, um, that makes sense. And maybe we should mention as well. So this is what your baby wears on the lower half of their body because obviously they, they're not potty trained. They can't go to the toilet or the bathroom or anything yet. So they wear their nappy or their diaper and you have to change these multiple times a day. Everyone is telling me, <laughs> preparing me. <laughs> yeah. And you said potty trained. That's the same term in the UK as it is in the US. Yeah. Is that what you would say? Yeah. Right. When I was just home for Christmas, they were potty training my younger nephew. They were just starting while we were there. So it's quite funny. The conversations that go on around that is just like so casual talking about their uh, their business. So, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, something to look forward to, I suppose. The next one again, it's a much more boring word in, in American English. So I'll let you start with the British English one. Yeah. So yeah, this is funny actually, because I think it has a different meaning in the US, yeah. but we, we call this thing a dummy. Yeah. Which I suppose probably comes from the word dumb, which in a technical sense means someone who, who can't speak. So you might mm -hmm. give your baby a dummy when you want them to, to be quiet. The word that we have is a pacifier which comes from the word pacify, which means to make something peaceful. So mm. it's kind of the same concept, but it's just to, or we come from the point of view of like, you want the baby to not be so aggravated anymore. Or you want them to be peaceful. So you give them a, a pacifier. Yeah. It makes sense that it's called a pacifier in the States because like you said, it pacifies the baby, but it just sounds so technical to me. Again. Yeah. We can shorten this though to a passy or to a binky oh. would be another word that you could hear that's a little bit cuter. Yes, I remember my nephew calling it a passy. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and the next one, this is probably another very expensive item, I imagine, for first-time parents. Yeah, it can be. Um, it's true. It can be depending on 
which one you get. But the amazing thing is, is that you can get ones that will last for years and years and years because they start off as like a baby cot, but then it kind of grows with your baby and can eventually turn into a bed as well. So there are some cool ones for this. Yeah. So is that the kind you guys got? So we haven't got this one yet. So far, we bought a co-sleeping cot. So it's like a smaller one for the first six months that you can keep on the side of your bed. And you can also like lower down one of the sides. So it's easier to pick up the baby or do anything during the night when they're sleeping. So we bought that one for now. And then we'll be buying our main cot a little bit later. Yeah. I always, the same thing happens when I see my brother and sister-in-law, uh, like there's so many nifty things that they have for parents nowadays that it makes me wonder like how my parents did it without like all of these great inventions yeah. that they have nowadays. It's true. I think, you know, they still got by and everything, didn't they? They just didn't know any different. Whereas nowadays there's, sometimes it's really confusing because there's just too many options. It can be quite overwhelming. I can imagine, especially because you have to get so many things at once. So... Um, and we would call this a crib, not a cot. A cot for us, that word does exist, but um, I think it's like for camping, a cot. Ah. And and how about Moses basket? Do you guys have Moses baskets? <laughs> I've never, well, I mean, <laughs> I think about like the, the story from the, the Old Testament, but <laughs> I've never heard of, of that used nowadays for referring to a baby. Yeah, some people choose to have a Moses basket, uh, which again, is where the baby will sleep maybe for the first few months. But lots of people have told me that they grow out of it so quickly or they didn't find it so useful, but they can still be quite popular. So they're these very pretty woven baskets where the baby can sleep. I don't know, maybe if in the States they're called bassinets, maybe? Oh, yeah. Bassinets we do have. So that's a, a good one. Are you guys also getting a, a pack and play? Do you know what that is? I do know what that is because of my sister, because <laughs> she was like offering to buy me a pack and play if I wanted it. Um, and just again, just because we live in a flat, we didn't really think that we needed it. And also it would take up quite a lot of space, but maybe later on it's something we might get. So a pack and play is one of those, it's kind of like a travel cot, isn't it? But yeah, that's basically what it is. Uh, because I think that's what my my uh, brother and sister-in-law would use more so is the pack and play if they were traveling because it packs down really, really uh, conveniently. So it's easier to take on the plane with you or or even in the car. Uh, and then it pops up and you could use it as a place to put the baby to to play and stuff, but also a place where they could sleep. Maybe when you guys want to take your, your first trip with the baby, it might be a, a handy thing to have. Yeah, definitely. And my sister had one of these because she lived in a house. They had the pack and play downstairs. It was just more convenient for them. Um, but yeah, definitely, I think we'll be getting one of those later. Just a quick interruption to ask you a question. Do you ever feel frustrated when you're listening to a podcast watching a TV series, or you're in a conversation in English and you do not understand what is said, wouldn't it be great if there was some way to understand real English without getting lost and without getting bored? Well, now there is. With our real life native immersion course, we will take you on a 41 week real life adventure of the English language. 
each week exploring a different topic connected to our goal to help you understand and use your English in the real world. Just imagine understanding your favorite TV series without subtitles, or confidently speaking with someone and comprehending everything they say. You can do it, and we're here to help. And the best part is, you can try it for free with our three-part power learning series. Just go to reallifeglobal.com slash pod to sign up. That's P-O-D. Or simply click the link in the description of this episode. What's the next one that we have on the list, Andrea? Yeah, so usually at the beginning, like, it's probably not really necessary or useful to dress your baby up in lots of different outfits. You just want them to be comfortable, warm, and you want to be able to change them easily. So you're going to dress them up in a baby grow. Mm, A baby grow. That's really interesting. We would call that a onesie. Yeah. So this is like the one basically is it's a a one piece. That's why you would call it a onesie. And you usually, they usually have sleeves and cover the legs, sometimes the feet as well and the hands. Yeah. And they're usually handy too, because it's, they'll they'll usually open in such a way that you can quickly change a diaper if you need to, or change a a nappy. And uh, (laughs) for when the kids are young, uh, I think that's really important because you don't want to have to like take off pants and then take off, you know, something else. Exactly. Yeah. And do you, would you use the same word too for something else? I remember when the babies were little that, um, that's used a lot is a swaddle. Ah, uh, yeah. Swaddle. Yeah. So when you, when you put them to sleep, I think lots of people use muslins or different types of cloth now to swaddle the baby, or you can even buy basically swaddles. So they, they're easier to wrap that way. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. It's like they're all wrapped up. So I suppose too, this keeps them at night from, I don't know, moving around and maybe doing something that that they could hurt themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's also like just really cozy for them because I suppose they're coming out of the the womb and they're used to being kind of all bundled up in a warm spot. And so I think it um, maybe mimics a little bit that experience for them when they're really young. Exactly. Yeah. It keeps them cozy, we would say. And also, like you said, it's safer than having a blanket or like maybe if they were, if they weren't swaddled. So when you swaddle, you keep their arms in as well. That way they can't sort of scratch their face or, you know, it might wake them up and things like that. Mm-hmm. And that happens a lot too. Is the the things you'd never think about, right? When you're uh, when people have babies, but like that, you have to protect them from scratching their own face and things like this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lots of things to look forward to. Those little baby, cute little fingernails. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You even have to get like a nail file or like little clippers to cut the baby's nails. Mm-hmm. They have a special clipper, right? So you don't uh, cut them too short. Yeah. All right, and. I guess this is jumping a little bit when they're a little bit older, I believe, because, uh, well, I'll let you share the next word and then you can let me know if it's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. So when the baby gets a little bit older, you might want to send them to nursery. So you have, I mean, you can send them to nursery. Usually in the UK, children start at three years old, but for parents that need to work and things like that, they can either get childcare or they can send them to a nursery earlier as well, uh, where they'll get to do different activities and be looked after. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this is a bit different. We do have that word nursery in American English as well, but it usually refers to the baby's room. 
Like people might say, mm. we have to paint the nursery. What color did you paint the nursery? Um, I asked you, I think before we started recording, if you already had the, the nursery all prepared. Uh, but we would call this that you start when you're maybe two, three, kind of like when the, the mom and dad have to go back to work maybe, and they don't have, um, if you don't have someone else to look after, then you might send them to daycare, which would be kind of like mm. a place where they'll go usually more more in the, the morning and stuff. And then, you know, parents pick up the kid around like maybe 3 p.m. And um, yeah, so that's pretty common in the U.S. Uh, another word that we have is kindergarten, but this refers to not to daycare, but it's actually like the very first grade of school, which some people might skip. But um, it's like where we the what we have when we're like five years old. Oh, okay. So kindergarten is when kids are five years old. Okay, I wasn't sure about that. Yeah, we we call that reception. I don't know why it's a really right. strange word. I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, the year before the first year, or like yeah, when you're year one in school, we call it reception class. Mm-hmm. I guess because they're being received right to the schooling system. Yeah, that's kind of, I'm surprised. It sounds like that one should be American. Right. But then even kindergarten, it's it's a German word, isn't it? Yeah. German origins. Which means children, garden of children. Yeah. All right, the last one, not a very nice one, but it does happen a lot. (laughs) We might call this for a baby, like spit up, you know, that you have like Mm -hmm. a cloth. You have to burp them as well. I don't know if all these words are the same. After they eat, I remember um, doing this, with my nephews, because like when I'd visit and stuff, I'd get to feed them sometimes. But then you have to, you have to put uh, like a cloth on your shoulder and burp them, and you have the cloth because they might spit up, and maybe you don't want to get that on the clothes that you're wearing. Yeah, everyone has told me like make sure you have lots of cloths and muslins, and not even just little ones, like really big ones, because you'll be <laughs> surprised how many times a day this happens. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we would just call this sick, like, oh, the baby's been sick. Mm -hmm. So you'd say that even when you're burping them, that they've been sick, you wouldn't use this term spit up? No, no, we wouldn't in the UK. And they're like sick that you'd use like to maybe, um, I don't know if you're, if you have a flu, like a stomach bug or something like that, you'd use the same word, right? Yeah. If you're not feeling well, you'd say that you feel sick. Um, usually it is to do with like we'd also say that you're being sick. So in the UK, I guess people use vomit as well now. <laughs> what a lovely topic. <laughs> but um, <laughs> we would say, oh, I've just been sick if you have vomited rather than saying, oh, I, I vomited. We'd say oh, I've been sick. Mm-hmm. We use vomit in the US, but we might also use like puke or throw up. Mm. Uh, and you probably would use that too, like vomit or puke if the baby actually like puked, but when it's like right after eating for some reason, maybe because it's like, we, we don't want to use one of those words that have to do with, you know, maybe having a stomach bug or something when it's something that's pretty common. So I yeah. guess we came up with a phrase over for that spit up. Spit up. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Great. Hopefully so, you're not eating while you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hopefully a lot of people listening already have babies in their life and stuff. So none of this stuff's new. It's it's just funny, like how commonplace these kind of things, like the words for like, which we haven't covered, but like all the potty words and stuff too. It's like, you're just using them so commonplace because with kids, it's just, it's stuff that happens. Life becomes messy. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> things to look forward to, but yeah. Um, it's been a lot of fun though, exploring this with you, Andrea, and hopefully it's been useful if you need any of these 
items need to like do any research in American English, I guess you'll have some of the right words now. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's useful as well, because like we mentioned a few times, a lot of these things are depicted in TV series and things like that. So you can understand them better as well. Exactly. Um, Great. So thanks so much for joining us today. We hope that it's been really useful for you as well. Maybe if you're expecting a baby yourself or have other babies in the family or just living in the US and UK. Maybe you need some of these words. Uh, and we'll see you next week on the Real Life English Podcast. One, two, three. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey again, I hope you enjoyed today's lesson. Don't be a stranger. You can find all the notes like vocabulary, links, and more for this lesson on our blog at reallifeglobal.com. And connect with us and on Instagram at reallife.english for even more fun English recommendations. Do you want to continue your learning and get confident, fluent English? Then I have a couple great recommendations for you. First of all, check out our YouTube channel, Learn English with TV Series, where you can have fun learning to understand fast-speaking natives with your favorite movies, series, and more without getting lost, without missing the jokes, and without subtitles. Second, if you like our podcast, then our real-life native immersion course is perfect for you. It is the next best thing to studying abroad in an English-speaking country. Try it for free with our three-part power learning series. Just go to reallifeglobal.com slash pod to sign up. Finally, if you are enjoying our podcast, then please assist us in helping more people go beyond the classroom and live their English. You can do this by sending a link to this podcast to a friend or by leaving us a five-star review wherever you are listening. We might even shout you out on the podcast. Stay healthy and safe, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Aw, yeah.